Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. Full crew today. I'm Ross Levitan. I'm joined by Brandon Piller, Chris Parliament, and now recurring guest Wesley Nixon. Two important tank games coming up. Maybe the biggest tank games of the year starting tonight, Tuesday, March 10th in Anaheim, and then the back-to-back in Los Angeles. Belleville, they start a busy weekend and get at least one of their two goalies back with Philip Gustafson returning. Maybe Joey Decord, haven't heard yet. And we've got the Tankathon. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. All right. I already mentioned today is Tuesday, March 10th. Anaheim Ducks in play tonight parley how you feeling going into tonight's game well tonight you know it's a must loss you're standing in the death valley but it's no longer there uh this team i mean you have to lose in these games if you think about it uh coming down the stretch here the senators sitting two picks in the top five right now anaheim sitting right there on the outside as well with 65 points so they got to keep gaining points and ottawa can't gain any and that continues as they head continue to head through the West with LA later this week. How good have the LA Kings been? I mean, we'll get a little more into the Anaheim game, including some scattered sense. Silverberg putting up some points recently, but I want to move on a little bit to the LA Kings because I watched their full game against Colorado last night and they were like dominant. They were unbelievable. So is this one of those cases where, I mean, they were so far behind that their seven wins, they're still tied with Ottawa now for 30th in the NHL. Pilsy, is is LA the team now that, that needs to be focused on? Because Anaheim's kind of pulled away a little bit themselves. Yeah, well, like you said, LA's, uh, they've been hot lately. So definitely they're the team to focus on. And they've been hot without the help of uh, Jack Campbell, as I said on last podcast. He's uh, obviously with the Leafs now. But look at the teams that they've been beating as well. Like they beat the Leafs. They shut them out in the shootout. Beat Colorado, like you said. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights. The Penguins, like they're getting wins against really good teams here. So I don't think the Anaheim Ducks are going to pull together that many string of wins like the LA Kings just did. So, yeah, I'd say really we got to watch out for this Kings uh, team. And tomorrow is a much bigger must-lose game than tonight. Both of them are pretty important, though, and they're both on the road. And uh, we've got Wesley Nixon here, good buddy of mine, former captain of the Ottawa Sting, international silver stick champion. Not a big deal there uh, with me on the team, not uh, to brag. But, Wes, you, you had something to say about the uh, the road record for the Ottawa Senators, saying this might be easier to lose than than uh, maybe we're indicating. Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me in, especially down the stretch. I know these are uh, pretty important times, but I think the Sens, hopefully um, they can get back in the uh, the losing column tonight <laughs> two straight wins um yeah that's the thing and, and four out of their last five the good thing is is that when they're facing off against the ducks they're the ducks seem to have the upper hand over the past 20 games and and the sends are pretty awful on the road so those two things combined are setting the stage in the sends favor I so think. what's the, what's the record bet- between the ducks and sends you said the last 20 games i mean if they play twice a year that's looking at a decade almost yeah, probably going back all the way to 2007. Oh, that's bad memories. How are you going to bring that up on a Sens podcast? My God. Yeah, that's a tough one because you look at it, you say they're awful on the road. They've been awful in general. But then, of course, they come into this one and 
they're winning two straight and those are pretty gutsy games. So, you know, you can look at this as the Ducks are a team that's kind of pulling away, as Ross said, in the in the race for Alexi Lafreniere or Quinton Byfield, really anybody in the top five is uber talented this year. But look at what LA is going to do is they're going to play physically. That kind of fits Ottawa's game and the way they're playing in DJ Smith. So this one might be a little bit of a dog fight and the Senators seem to be uh, controlling dog fights lately kind of thing. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one against Anaheim tonight, just in the fact that I think both teams play a similar style and uh, it could be maybe a 2-1 game, which wouldn't be uh, too odd for the Senators as of late. Wow, wow 2-1, Parley. Are you taking a shot at the Toronto Maple Leafs who just uh, got one point through California but did lose the finale of their trip to the Ducks by a score of 2-1? to one? Inadvertent, but I love it. Yeah, that's great. The Ottawa Senators, we should mention, already have two points on their California trip. The Leafs had one, and they're competing for a playoff spot. Kind of a random note, but it'll be the first meeting tonight between David Backus and Scott Sabrin since that scary collision earlier in the season. So um, I'm sure that there's going to be no bad blood, obviously, but it's just uh, one of those things where it's going to be interesting to see them both on the ice. Also on the ice now, Christian Willannon. He played his first game with the team back in the National League. Um, I didn't get to catch the game. I was uh, I was traveling. I, I wasn't able. I saw the highlights, but if you guys had a better feel for it, Parley, maybe I'll start with you. How do you think Willannon looked in his return to NHL hockey? You know, he's a guy that you look at him as a youngster and definitely a prospect in the organization, but he's got a lot more poise, and I think that's because of the age he has on a lot of the guys that he's kind of being clumped with right now. You look at him and an Eric Brand. Brandstrom is kind of the future of the Senators' blue line. Well, that's maybe not fair for a guy like Eric Brandstrom or to tether Christian Willinen to that kind of pairing as well because I think Christian Willinen definitely, as a 24-year-old now, has uh, the maturity and the poise with his feet to compete in the NHL. You know, it's it was a tough injury because I think he would have been slotted in. I would have maybe given him 60 games in the National League this year if he would have been healthy. So uh, it's, it's tough to see an injury like that. But getting back to him being back in the lineup, me and Pillar talked a bit a little bit yesterday on the show. He fits the NHL and where the game of hockey is going right now. He's got that sense where, you know, he's if two... Uh, forwards are up in the play he can hop in there and be that third guy in the rush and kind of add that extra layer so that was one thing I noticed his foot his feet and his uh, ability to jump into the play uh, Pilsy I know you've seen him live a couple times more recently than I have in Belleville Um, maybe some eyebrows lifted at the fact he only had one assist in the eight games in Belleville is that a concern at all to, to you or do you think that this is just kind of the rust that you would expect after being off for so long uh, a bit of both. I mean, it's concerning because Christian Willein and definitely his skill set is, like Parley said, his hockey IQ, his sense for the game, but he's really an offensive defenseman. So you're looking for him to get points on the power play, to uh, get secondary assists from good breakout passes, stuff like that. And he really was kind of unnoticeable in Belleville, like only one assist uh, other than the fight he had on his first night. That was obviously a uh, big eyebrow razor to a lot of people after you're coming off a shoulder injury, which you've been injured for months. So I think he's going to get his groove in the NHL, though. And good on DJ Smith for giving him lots of ice time. 15 minutes, 55 seconds in his first NHL game in uh, a long time for Rolainen. So I think he's going to get a groove with the ice time. I think Smith is really good at uh, finding the right places for these prospects to kind of plug and play in the lineup. So I think we're going to see a lot of good stuff from Rolainen coming down the stretch here. 
Well, Lannon was paired with uh, Andreas Englund. He said it was nice to have a familiar face. Engie. The guy we played. Engie. Yeah, I heard That's that. That's a weird one. It makes sense for Englund, but it's just a weird one to say. I have, a, I have an uncle we call Uncle Eggy, and I, I feel like that would be a nice nickname for Andreas Englund as well. If not, uh, I'm blanking on the name. Who's the uh, the antagonist in, in the Rocky movie that, that he looks like? The Russian guy? Yeah, what's if he dies, he dies. Yeah, oh, I don't know his name. Wow, we're butchering this, right? No, it's all good. People are people are thinking that uh, some are probably smashing smashing their uh, themselves through their windshield because the, I mean the Rocky movie one is obvious, but ah oh, man, that's so that's so bad. The the Russian guy though, he looks just like him. If he dies, even Ivan Drago. Thank you very much, Google. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that one. But anyway, so those are two youngsters on the Ottawa defense. If you look at the de- defense on the Ducks. Talk about depleted. Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, Eric Branson, and Josh Manson. Like, that is literally your top four out of the lineup. And although some of them have been in and out and, and some haven't been out too long, having 11 wins in the last 23 games, including four of those that, that weren't wins that went into extra time, this is a Ducks team that, that can win games and win them in bunches. Like, they, they've won, uh, you know, two of their last three. They've got points in six of their last eight games. So this is not a game that uh, that you can walk into the, the Honda Center and expect to get two points. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one for sure. But like you mentioned, at least that back end uh, is depleted. So, well, it's kind of funny talking about getting two points when really we want the Sens not to get two points. So it'd be I know, better I case. sneak it in there. Yeah, <laughs> almost got me. Can't get it past the Tankathon expert, Ross. Um, but it, it'd be better if they were healthy because then it would it would obviously be a much uh, tougher team to beat. But I think Manson actually is back in action, so there's uh, one solid news. But Gibson is hurt as well, so I don't think it matters. I think the Sens probably would have seen um, Ryan, Ryan Miller regardless of whether Gibson was healthy or not. But Miller will probably start tonight, and then the Ducks actually are on a back-to-back, even though they weren't supposed to be. Tomorrow's game against the Blues was uh, the game where Jay Bomeister had his unfortunate uh, experience happen there. So that's being postponed to tomorrow night's game. So probably Miller, and then if Gibson is good for tomorrow, he'll probably start uh, tomorrow against the Blues. Carly, it's got to feel good, though, when you see Ryan Miller as an Ottawa Senators fan, just thinking back to the 07 playoff series and Daniel Alfredson ending that in the fifth game. I mean, what a guy, what a career this guy's had. He was for so long one of the best goalies in the league, and you mentioned it there. He did have a little bit of a run there with Buffalo, but talk about being, like, tethered to bad teams and the injury troubles that Anaheim's had this year. That's just an unfortunate career for him. And, uh, I mean, if you would have told me at the start of this year that a Ducks team who, you mentioned there's definitely some injuries there, but if you would have told me Sonny Milano and Danton Heinen were going to be on the left and right side of Ryan Getzlaff to start the game <laughs> this late in the season, I don't think I would have ble- would have believed you. And uh, Ross, sorry to burst your bubble, but it does look like David Backus is scratched for tonight. Wow, a healthy? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So no, um, I guess we wouldn't even call it a revenge game. No. 
But speaking of Ryan Miller, I, I still think back to that game. It might have been in the third period, but when Ryan Miller went out to play the puck and Lucic was coming oh, down and yeah. they collided. <laughs> and I think Ryan Miller must have shed one tear or more. He was but he's, so mad. He's 39 years old today, and he's been around the league a long time. you got to respect a guy like that, especially an American goalie. He's he suited up uh, back in 2010, you know, the 10-year anniversary two years ago of the Golden Goal. Oh, yeah. That was on Ryan Miller. So Wow, a lot of famous goals on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, and I'm just looking up on, on his career stats against the Ottawa Senators and 19 wins in 46 games, but yet still has a 921 save percentage. So I don't know what that tells you, but that's, uh, that's one of his best save percentages against any team. And talk about riding off into the sunset, eh? I don't know if he's still in married to her. Yeah, but, he is. But he had a he had a wife that was an actress, so just going out and living in Anaheim and just kind of soaking in the sun after living in Buffalo, like that's got, even if you're losing, that's got to be ten times better. Well, I mean, he kind of jumped all over the place after Buffalo, right? He was in St. Louis for a touch, then he went to Van. Did he go to Vancouver, or is that just where he lived? Yeah, he went to Vancouver for a while. Oh yeah, mm. he was he was there for a few years. Oh yeah, big time. He was their starter for a three, while. Three years. Yeah, he yeah. was in Vancouver for three years. And then yeah, three years with the Ducks to end your uh, to end your career. I mean, it could be worse than that, couldn't it? Well, he he pulled the Mike Fisher essentially. Mike Fisher married to uh, country superstar Carrie Underwood goes to Nashville. Uh, he's got a a wife who's an actress. Go to nope. Anaheim. Makes sense. Noreen DeWolf is uh, is Ryan Miller's wife. She's an American actress. She was in. Uh, you'd probably know her from Anger Management. Would be yeah, the, that's uh, where the, I knew it. The most famous. Uh, movie she's been into but since we're talking about a goalie let's get into Belleville because uh, I mean talk about getting off track but it's one of those shows where there's not a whole lot to digest between the last um, the last one and, and this one here with a couple days off between games Sens have been enjoying themselves uh, the the content that's been coming out I saw they had a they had a um, a suite Clipple at back. Staples Center no that today but do you see they had a Staples uh, a suite at Staples Center for Clippers Lakers yesterday how are you? Damn. Good timing on the schedule, eh? Yeah, not bad. But then, so all the boys are, are posting photos from the game. And then all of a sudden, Chris Tierney posts one from Disney World. He's at the Harry Potter exhibit <laughs> at Disney World. So I thought that was funny. But we should get into goalies and, and uh, Belleville. What kind of boost, Pillsy, do you think that Philip Gustafson can give them heading into this weekend? Well, definitely a big boost because Gustafson, uh, although his numbers haven't been that great this season, he's actually been able to string along uh, quite a few wins with that uh, high-octane offense that the Belleville Senators have had pretty much all season. But I don't want to cut DeBoe down too much because he was really good, I thought, in the games that he played, and he got absolutely peppered with shots. I'm sure you guys talked about that already, but like yeah. I, I, I turned it on the other day and I saw 23 shots against in the first period. What's up with that? It was it was ridiculous, and yeah, we talked about it last episode where missing Willinen and Branstrom really hurt the Belleville defense. So that kind of opened up for a lot more opportunities for the Americans to get shots. But other than a couple bad positioning uh, plays for Dubow, he was really solid, and I thought he played with a little bit of swagger, you know, a little bit of confidence. For a guy getting his AHL debut, but obviously the Belleville Sens are uh, gearing up for a Calder Cup playoff run, so you want Gus back and Decord back, obviously, uh, especially when you just lost back-to-back games to the team that's chasing you in your own division. And they're going to stay in the division, Pills, and they're going to go up against the Laval Rocket, who have definitely fallen off a little bit, and they're in sixth. But yeah, you mentioned it. Injuries, too. 
Exactly. And you mentioned it going up against Rochester, you lose those two games. It's still a comfortable lead in the North division. Definitely nobody in Bell Vegas is hitting the, uh, the panic button yet because they still have a six point lead 81 and 75 respectively there. But yeah, you never want to lose games and you know, it, it's, eerily reminiscent of last year where Belleville could have made a run but there was just so many injuries late in the season obviously this year completely different circumstances but who knows you could lose a little momentum and stuff like that with injury untimely injuries down the stretch so you hope that gets figured out and obviously yeah you hope for the health of your goaltending and stuff like that and of course getting a steady blue line back will definitely help out the situation as well. Guys, this is this is tough because we mentioned the injuries to Belleville, and it seems like they're all slated to be back well before playoffs, at least. And for a team who's kind of already grasped onto first place and in their division, it doesn't seem like it's going to bother them too much. But Laval's a team that's fighting for their playoff lives here, and they're not going to have Ryan Paling, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi, sick vision guy, or Kale Fleury, maybe. Noel Juleson, but like that's for their top prospects and best players for um, for Laval. And hey, here's something to note for tomorrow's game. It looks like the Laval Rocket will have Andrew Sturts in the lineup, a part of the Mike Riley trade um, earlier this season. He was playing in in the for the Maine Mariners. Great name, by the way, in the East Coast League. But he got called up, so that's kind of a little bit of a note for tomorrow night. It'll be great to see Sturts back. That's uh, I kind of forgot that he was a piece in that Mike Riley trade. So that'll be good to see him back in Belleville at CAA Arena. Or is it in Laval? I think actually it's in Laval. Um, but uh, Belleville's been able to beat the Rocket on numerous occasions this season. So I think with uh, Gustafson back in net, they'll uh, pull out the W for sure here. Philly franchise will be in Laval. It is in Laval. Beautiful. Philly franchise. I love it. He's kind of earning that back after after a slow start. I think it's a good time to get into scattered sense. And uh, we all know there's a lot of them. And a few of them made an impact last night, especially in Florida. And as Sens fans know, as we'll get into the tankathon here coming up, but Florida wins are now officially cool because that pushes the New York Islanders down and the way and that they've been playing. Yeah, and the and the Leafs. I mean, yeah, that doesn't hurt either. Although I would like the shifts at work, but um, yeah, if we're looking strictly from a draft pick perspective, the the Islanders who are o three and three since acquiring Jean Gabriel Pajot, well, the Florida Panthers just made that even tougher on them because Mike Hoffman scored his twenty ninth goal, more than he ever scored with the Sens. Again, he hasn't been on the team in two years, and he's broken, <laughs> he's uh, passed surpassed his total with the Sens in each of both seasons now. Well on his way to a second straight 30-goal season. And then, Pilsy, you had the opportunity to uh, interview Chris Drieger, and you said thanks but no thanks. Did you big-time Chris Drieger, who had 26 saves last night and beat the defending cup champs? Big J journalist. Uh, big J. I will, I will admit a little bit of a big-time big, big time there, but mostly because uh, that's when Hogberg was finally a big prospect, and uh, that's the guy we were after, and he got called up when I went to Brampton, uh, that night. So sorry, Drieger. Sorry about that. You missed your chance to be a star on Sense Central, making sense of the sense. Drieger we... sitting down and Pillar standing over top of him. Elf, elf <laughs> yeah. him. Ha- just Hogberg walks. At, Hogberg walks to the dressing room. He's like, "Sorry, I can't talk. I've I've got to go to go to Belleville." And Drieger's like, "Do you want to talk to me?" And Pillar's <laughs> like, "Buddy, <laughs> no." I'd All rather good. drive home empty-handed. 
Yeah, right, exactly. Stop. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> uh, Wes has a couple notes here on a former favorite and a guy whose jersey I owned, Jakob Silverberg. Yeah, I mean, just on the subject of scattered sands, we bring up Jakob Silverberg. Back in 2013, we traded him away. Uh, the same day Alfie left. We traded him as well as the forward, Stefan Nosen, who I think there was a lot of praise and high expectations surrounding him. I don't think he panned out. He, he's actually playing for San Jose right now, and, and he's kind of, I'd say, finally coming into his own. But yeah, like for a, a long time, guy. Top yeah, for, guy. But for a long time, I mean, he didn't play in the NHL for years. Like, this might be his first full season, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, we also had to give up. There was three parts to that trade. There was also a first-round draft pick in the 2014. Yeah, who Anaheim draft. just traded at the deadline. It was Nick Ritchie. But who do we get in return? <laughs> a man who's in the lineup tonight, and he better do well. I mean, it's just great to see Bobby back. That was so. Wes and I are. Wes is with me right now. We're down in Florida, and uh, on the way back, first we listen to you boys. So what you put out uh, for yesterday's show. Uh, if you haven't downloaded it, go do so right now. Making I almost said making sense to sense because that's the last time we had Wes on. Uh, that was that. Uh, that was what we were doing all back at CSM. But after that, we listened to the Bobby episode, and of course, that was the uh, the piece who came back in that one. Um, but you've got his stats up right now. How's how's Silverberg been doing this season? I know he's a bit of a streaky scorer. I mean, if you look back over the past five years, he kind of settles into that low to mid forties points per season kind of okay. range. It's not great. I feel like maybe the expectation was that he was going to continue to rise up from like 39 points a year, but he only, he, he maxed out at 49 points in 2016, 17 with 23 goals and 26, 26 assists, which is respectable. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of crazy. Still performing. It's crazy for me that it feels like Silverberg was a senator longer than just 48 games, doesn't it, guys? Like he only played that that lockout season with Ottawa. Absolutely. And you know what? If you don't get 50 points, I don't even know if Pillar will interview you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know why he's so important? Because he scored uh, one of those goals in the 6-1 game against the Habs in that 2013 playoff series. Um, it was the one right after the line brawl. Remember, skate to stick to the back of the net. That was Ooh. huge. And, ah, Silverberg. Yeah, the chant just basically f- developed yeah. from that very goal. Yeah, it was awesome. So uh, he wears an A, though. I was watching them the other night. He's got an A with uh, with uh, the Ducks. And he's not the only guy who the Sens acquired in a trade for one of their main pieces and maybe didn't pan out. But Alex Chason, obviously, acquired in the Jason Spezza trade. He scored 11 goals with Ottawa in his first season, nine with his second year. So we just said, no way, Jose. Ended up going to Calgary. And then in Edmonton, he's really found a home. He scored 22 goals last year. And then last night, he scored his 11th with uh which obviously tied for the most he ever had with the Sens. So that's kind of our scattered Sens. And with Stanley that, Cup champion, too. Don't forget it. Excuse me? Chason. With who? The Caps. Stop it. You're telling me Alex Chason won the Stanley Cup? Now you have me second-guessing. I'm but... scrolling so quickly down his stats. He won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, dude. Guess what his stats are in the playoffs? Never forget. Guess what his stats are in the playoffs? Three goals. Two points. He played 16 games. He had two points, one goal, one assist. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing. I mean, he's got a cup ring, and I'm I'm just shocked. Averaged eight minutes and 59 seconds. But yeah, stick taps to him. Honestly, if you got a cup, if you have a ring, you got a ring. What's cooler, getting two points or partying with Ovi? Mm, Probably partying with Ovi. But how's this? How's this? He's made the playoffs four times with four different teams. Mine was cooler. 
played six games with Dallas and then got swept with Ottawa, swept with Calgary, and then uh, and then made uh, the Cup final and actually won it with uh, with Washington. So all in all, I think that's a pretty successful life for Alex Chesson. Stick taps on him with 11 goals, but what's more successful than Alex Chesson is whichever team drafts first overall. Who is going to... You know what, guys? Before we get to the spin... Has there been a better out-of-town scoreboard than the last week? I feel like every team Ottawa needs to win is winning, and every team they need to lose is losing. Yeah, it's it's been great, and they've been playing teams that are important. I mean, they literally just played the Sharks and the yeah. Islanders, three who they have eight. their first-round picks. So it's it's been Tankathon uh, alert special every single night, so it's going to be a great 12 games, and hopefully... Hopefully, the tank continues to roll on for these Senators. And you can always follow us at Send Central. We're tweeting out every single day the tank watch. And we've included now the Isles tank and games that matter to the Islanders. And that just adds a whole different aspect because the Islanders are currently out of a playoff spot. Obviously, it's a top three protected pick. And if that is a top three pick, then you already have two first rounders next year. And it's like, holy, all right. And in some sense, maybe that... That's all right, because they have the the four seconds this year, right? Like, how many draft picks can you realistically have at each year? Don't challenge Dorian. He'll no, I know. He'll I know. get them all. Yeah, he will get them all. And then, uh, yeah, we'll worry more when they're done their RFA status. But that is down the road right now. The Ottawa Senators are fired up for the draft. The lottery will happen in 31 days. So with that, I think... Parley. Parley's got some good luck on him, I think. So why don't you give it the first spin? I don't know what you mean by good luck because the Florida Panthers jump 13 picks into number one. And the Senators slide down three with each of their picks picking five and seven. And Tankathon continues to hate me. Wow. I don't think think you could have had a worse. So five and six, you said? Seven. Five and seven. Oh, my God. Okay, maybe Wes will bring some good luck to us here. Wes, give give the lottery a go here. Well, first off, it's going to be nice to have three first-round draft picks in the 2020 draft Yeah, as, a, as an Ottawa Senators fan, and four in the second round. And three in the, in the third. That's what I call revenge for us losing our first overall pick last year yeah. to Colorado. So Colorado had an 18.5% chance when they had their pick, and you know where they ended up drafting? Fourth. Anything can happen in this draft lottery. So why don't you hit the simulator here and, and right. let us know what the Sens do. Wow, here we go! Tell them what the results are. It looks like we just scooped up first overall. With the San Jose pick. Wow. Love it. Love and then, it. If that's the case, who cares about the Ottawa pick? Who but cares? in this situation, where we go? I just I, I noticed that in this uh, draft simulator that we use, the, the, the font color for losing games is green. <laughs> And for winning games is red, which is perfect. <laughs> Welcome to the Tankathon, Wes. Oh, yeah. When you're thinking of wor- the world in reverse. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what this comes down to. So Wes just got first and fourth with his first spin. Billsy, give her a go. Not good. Third and fifth. <laughs> with losers. Taylor Hall left a little bit of his first overall fairy dust in New Jersey because they get first overall pick. Damn. All right. Well, I got I got some tough act to follow here with Wes. And stop it. The Arizona Coyotes keep their pick for the Taylor Hall. 
because it's top three protected. The Sens' own pick goes down three, and the San Jose goes down two. Fifth and sixth, which, again, those are the two most common picks. So Sens fans, do not be upset if they pick fifth and sixth. It is the most likely scenario, as terrible as that is to sound. But how awesome is that? West comes on the show, casually drops first overall right in our face. Could you imagine if the return on that Eric Carlson deal was Josh Norris, Rudolph Balsers, and Alexi Lafreniere? And Tierney. And Chris Tierney. And a third third round pick. It could could be worse. And the Sens, well, they want to be the worst over the next two days. We'll be back to break that all down after Wednesday's game against the LA Kings. So a pair of important tank games and hopefully the draft simulator, the odds are even more in our favor after those two. For Wes Nixon, for Brandon Piller, and Chris Parliament, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. You can always go to follow us at Send Central on Twitter and let us know what you think of the episode. Are we being crazy? Or are we just trying to fill airtime? <laughs> well, it's that kind of season for the Ottawa Senators. The draft lottery, I already said it. I'll say it again. The draft lottery is 31 days away. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And golf sends golf. Certainly don't want them to go sends go right now. It's going to be a fun couple weeks, though, as we lead up to it. Good night and good morning.